Uh, thank you, Kyle, and thank all of you for taking part in our worship this morning. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews. We're going to look at uh, chapter 11. We're going to read a few verses, 13 through 16, and then drop down to 23 through 27. And I want to share with you a sermon I've simply entitled, Don't Give Up, Stay Focused. Don't give up, stay focused. We're living in a time right now that a lot of people have given up. And so God wants us not to give up, and he wants us to stay focused. And we're going to look at a person today that really lived that out in his life. He just refused to give up, and he continued to persevere, to go on. That's what we have to do as individuals, regardless what happens to us in our life. Just remember, this life is temporal. Temporal. That means it's here for a little while and it goes away. Uh, our problems are temporal. You know, probably 10 years ago, maybe, or longer, I probably had a major problem and I didn't know how I was going to get through it or what was going to happen. And I can't even think of what that problem is now. You the same way? That's because problems are temporal. Some people don't understand that, and they revert to, to a terrible decision to end all problems. But problems are temporal. They're here. They pass away. So don't worry so much about the temporal, but be concerned about the what? The eternal. Eternal. And so this morning, don't give up. Stay focused. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. And we want to look at verse 13 uh, through verse 16. First of all, God's Word says in verse 13, These all died in faith. Now this is the faith chapter, chapter 11. These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. That's what we are. We're just strangers. We're just pilgrims going through time here on this earth, this temporal earth, headed into eternity. Verse 14, For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. Verse 15, And truly, if they had called to mind that country which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better that is, uh, heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Look down at verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. If you remember, the king had commanded that every child would be drowned in the Nile. And all of a sudden, they have a son. Every male child, they have this son. And so they were not afraid of the king's command. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. 
By faith he forsook Egypt, fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him. You notice that? He endured, by, he endured as seeing capital H-I-M. He endured by having a vision that one day he would see God. That's what kept him going. He endured, and we'll talk about that in a minute, as seeing him who is invisible. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for our time together to worship and now to open your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you that it's the infallible word of God, the inerrant word of God. And we can believe it, we can trust it. It's God-breathed. And so help us, we pray, to understand this morning that you are speaking to us through your word. Allow your Holy Spirit to touch our lives and move us to the place that you would have us to be in your will. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. One of my favorite characters in the Bible is Moses. I feel like for whatever reason, I can relate a lot to Moses. When you study the life of Moses, you'll find that he had one character trait that kind of stood out above all others, and that's perseverance. Perseverance. Moses refused to give up. He refused to quit. He refused to throw in the towel. That wasn't in his character. He would not quit. He refused to, to be overcome by temporal roadblocks. Those things that would be in his way for just a little while. But they would be moved. They would be set apart where he could still function and go ahead and do God's will. He refused to be overcome by worldly distractions, whatever they might be. We experience those too. Roadblocks, worldly distractions, trying to serve the Lord, trying to do what God would have us to do. Moses experienced those same things. But he never would give up. He had perseverance. So the question is, how do you persevere when going through, when things get tough, when going through tough times? We're going through some tough times. So how do you keep going? How do you keep from giving up? How do you keep from giving up on God? On God. We know His promises in His book. We know what He says He'll do. How do we keep from giving up on God? So this morning, some of you may be thinking about giving up on God. I know some that have. You may be going through some difficulty. Uh, whatever it might be, you may be thinking, you know, what's the use? What's the use? I cry out to God, and He doesn't hear me. You feel alone. You feel like God doesn't hear you. There may be a reason for that, a spiritual reason for that. It has more to do with you than God when you feel that God doesn't hear and God doesn't answer prayers. And so perhaps the devil is using the tool of discouragement in your life. We talked a little about that last week. The devil may be using the tool of discouragement in your life, and you want to just give up and say, what's the use? So many people are going through numerous types of trials with their jobs and their children, with their children's education, going through a terrible time with school, whether you're going virtual or not virtual, trying to make that decision, it may not be working out one way or the other. Businesses are having a, a tough time. Industries are having a tough time, having layoffs, having cutbacks. 
see more of that perhaps just experienced according to the news a couple of days ago thousands of jobs in regards to the pipeline going from here to Canada people lost their jobs uh, increase of minimum wage may be great for New York if the economy is that good up there and the and I know everything's more expensive, but when you get to Phil Campbell, it's tough, $15 an hour for some of these businesses. People are going through tough times. So whatever you're going through in your life, whatever we're going through in our life, we have to remember we can't quit, we can't give up, we've got to depend on God, we have to persevere, we have to go on, we have to go forward. Why is that? Because God has a purpose for your life. He has a purpose for this church. And we've got to go on. He wants you, he wants me, us, to persevere. So how did Moses persevere? How did he stick it out? Three things I want to mention real quick, if you're taking notes. should be on the screen. First of all, Moses realized the importance of life. He realized the importance of life. You know, life is a gift from God. You and I have been given the gift of physical life. The gift of physical life. So first, he, you know, he had a mother, father, like all of us. He had life. And before Moses was born, Pharaoh gave this command that all newborn babies, male babies, would be thrown into the Nile River. Imagine hearing that from your government. I heard someone, my dad was speaking to someone years ago, and... Um, they were speaking to me, and I related to my dad. And I said, Dad, they said uh, uh, that uh, they weren't going to get married and they didn't want to have children. And, and they said the reason was they didn't want to bring a child in, in the world in which we live right now. I mean, it's just a terrible time to bring a child into the world, as evil the world is. My dad said this. He said, well, son, it's always been that way. We haven't been asked to throw our newborns in the Nile River yet, have we? No, it's always been an evil world. Why is that? Because sin's been in the world. Ever, everywhere there's sin, there's evil. It's always been an evil world. But Moses' mother, she hid him for three months, according to the Scripture. She concealed him in a little papyrus box, a little boat, and she floated him down, and he kind of got hung up where God wanted him to hang up <laughs> in some reeds. And all of a sudden, Pharaoh's daughter came down to the Nile. And she was just going to swim and take some time of ease. And, and she heard the baby crying. And she went and she took that baby. And she needed a, a mother, a nursemate for that baby. And Moses' sister was close by. And, and she ran, saw what happened to Moses. And, and she heard what the... Pharaoh's daughter said, and she said, I'll find someone for you. So she gets mother, uh, Moses' mother to come take care of her own baby in Pharaoh's palace. Think of that, how God worked all that out. And Moses experienced this life in Pharaoh's, in Pharaoh's house, and his mother raised him while, while he uh, was growing up and took care of him. And so the gift of life to baby Moses would eventually result in the gift of life to thousands and thousands and thousands, perhaps around three million, of Israelites that would be set free one day as slaves. 
physical life. Moses had it. He persevered, persevered because he recognized that he'd been given life. And listen, to be given life is precious. It's a precious gift. Have you ever thought, I did this the other day, have you ever thought what it had been like if you'd never been born? And I was thinking of the home I grew up in. I was thinking of my parents and my grandparents. I was thinking about the, the, all the things I've enjoyed in the years that God has allowed me to live and, and my wife and her parents and that beautiful family and God's blessed us with children and grandchildren. Just think, if I had not been born, imagine that. Every life is precious and important to God. Human life. It's different from animal life. I mean, that's why abortion is so tragic because it disregards the sacredness of the most prized possession of God Almighty. That's why murder is such a tragic sin because it extinguishes the most prized creation of God Almighty. So first, Moses persevered because he recognized that he'd been given life. And he recognized the importance of life. But secondly, Moses persevered. He refused to give up because he understood that a relationship with God would bring tests and trials. He understood that. You know, there's a misconception among contemporary Christians in that some believe, many think, and they want to believe, that we offer God our faith, we offer Him our allegiance, and in return, He gives us uh, free, a life free, that, uh, free of inconvenience, free of sacrifice, free of test, free of trials, free of discouragement, free from difficulties, free from hard times. Many people believe that. It doesn't work that way. The point is, if all the characters that I've read about in God's Word went through great difficulties because of their faith, then what about me? I mean, who am I not to go through difficult times and trials and hardships if those in God's Word, so many, went through those things? What about me? Why should I not do that? Why should I not experience that? Remember Daniel? Sure, you know what he went through. I mean, he goes up to the, his upper room and he refused not to pray at a certain time, noonday. So he goes up and he prays and Daniel's thrown in a lion's den. Remember, there's three Hebrew children thrown in the lion's den. All Christians that were put to death during the reign of Nero. How Nero used Christians dripped in wax to torch his, to have a light, to have a torch for his garden path. They suffered persecution. Think about the persecuted church today. While we're here, it's really strange, isn't it? Because what I've noticed during this time, you have uh, John MacArthur's church in California. They're running about 5,000. And the, and the government has, has issued a charge to them to not to open 
and they're running 5,000. They refuse to do that. We've never had a charge to not open this church, but at the same time, people don't come. Figure that out and tell me. One church says by government, you don't open, and 5,000 show up. And a church where the government says nothing, it's difficult to get people to come. I'm praying about that. But we suffer because we're, because we're, we're Christians. We suffer because we're uh, children of God. The children of God prior suffered. Jesus left the glories of heaven, ended up on the cross. Think of that. Paul left the prestige of Judaism only to be exiled on an island called Patmos. Now why? Why did everyone suffer? Well, they were believers. That's true. But why did they suffer? They would not quit. They stuck it out. Do you believe that if Moses had known all about the tests and trials that he would have and would be associated with when he accepted God's call to go to Pharaoh and to lead God's people out of Egypt, do you think he would still do what he did? I think he would. I think he would. Moses could tell the difference between what's temporal Temporal roadblocks, temporal difficulties, temporal problems. He could tell the difference between what was temporal and what the eternal rewards would be. Meaning, regardless of the trial, Moses continued to focus on eternal things. Jesus said, in this world you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. The point is, don't let the temporal tests and trials kind of encourage you, perhaps, entice you to give up on God. Moses did not give up. So first he understood that he had one life to serve God on earth, and he was thankful for it, and he would do his best, and he wouldn't give up. Secondly, he understood that a relationship with God would bring tests and trials and difficulties but he wouldn't give up. And third, he refused to quit. He doubled down on his perseverance because he knew that his faith in God eventually would lead to eternal life. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 26 and 27, notice that. Verse 26 says, Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. He looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt and fearing the wrath of the king, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he, underline that next word, endured as seeing him, God, who is invisible. I've always felt sorry for Moses. I've always thought that God was kind of harsh on him. Because of a sin he committed back Numbers 20, verses 1 through 13. You can read about that. God told him to, to take a, a stick and touch a water. I mean, touch a rock for water. And instead, he was so aggravated, those people. <laughs> In fact, he prayed for God to kill him one time. 
But he was so aggravated. He wasn't going to quit. And God said, take the stick and touch that water. And he was so aggravated that he struck the rock. He disobeyed God. And because of his disobedience, God said, you'll never enter into the promised land. You'll see it, but you won't enter it. I've always felt that was kind of harsh. Because he disobeyed God. Because of that sin of disobedience, he wouldn't be allowed to enter the promised land where he led all those people. However, he was, he was never about the promised land. It was never about the promised land with Moses. It wasn't about the temporal. It wasn't about the temporal with Moses. It was about the eternal. It was about heaven. He probably could care less about the temporal. He looked ahead, the Bible says, verse 26 and 27, to the reward. Verse 27 says, He endured as seeing him who is invisible. Moses didn't give up on God. Moses didn't quit. Moses was viewing life through heaven's eyes. How are you viewing life? How are you looking out at life? Through the temporal or through the eternal? He endured. He endured. That word endured is an interesting word. He endured. He stuck it out. He preserved synonyms. He endured. He stuck it out. He preserved. He refused to quit. He went through it. He lived through it. He held on. He tolerated it. He suffered. Why? As seeing the who is the invisible. He's seeing him who is the invisible. So how did Moses persevere? He knew what he had. He had life. He understood that trials and tests and difficulties would come with a relationship with Jesus. It's going to come to you. It's going to come to me. And then he focused on the external and not the temporal. It never was about the promised land. It was always about heaven with Moses. So today, which eyes are you viewing your life's journey? Are you viewing them with temporal eyes? Roadblocks, frustration, discouragement, disappointments? Or are you seeing life through your eternal eyes? Don't give up. Stay focused. Found a poem by Edgar Allan Poe. And uh, a question was asked, what would you do if you had... Um, Six months to live. 180 days, 4,320 hours. What would you do in the last six months of your life? Listen to what Poe wrote. A single thread in a tapestry, though its colors brightly shine, can never see its purpose in the pattern of the great design. And the stone that sits on the very top of the mountain's mighty face, does it think it's more important than the stones that form the base? So how can you see what your life is worth or where your value lies? You can never see through the eyes of man. You must look at your life, look at your life through heaven's eyes.
How are you looking at life? Is it all about the temporal? Obviously, all of us viewing online, all of us here, you know, we've experienced physical life. However, there's some who have never experienced spiritual life. There's a difference. The Bible says that we're all sinners by nature, for the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23, the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23, and if you've never been saved, you're lost and you're dead in sin. Without Christ, just a bunch of dead people waiting to be buried. Already dead. But Jesus came to give a new life. He came to give a spiritual life. He, came, he gave us physical life, and he came to give us spiritual life, and it's given all to all who are willing to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look, if you will, real quick to Ephesians 2, and I'm finished. Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 5. Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 5. And you he hath made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, in which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, for by grace are you saved. And so today, let me ask you a question. Have you experienced that spiritual birth? You've experienced physical birth. There's another birth. There's a spiritual birth. And without, without that spiritual birth, you won't be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's what God told Nicodemus, Nicodemus chapter 3. He said, marvel not, Nicodemus, ye must be born again. You're born physically, but you've got to have that spiritual birth. Today, some of you have never truly believed in Jesus. Really believe that. More people I talk to. Some viewing have never believed in Jesus. Now, you've declared yourself a Christian. There's this new thing that's been around for some time, some while, and it's called cultural Christianity. Some people just declare themselves a Christian because they, they, you know, they pray over their food. They say the Pledge of Allegiance. They live in the Bible Belt. They sing God Bless America. They salute the flag. You went to church when you were small. You went to VBS, went to youth retreats, youth conferences. Your entire family are Christians. So you must be a Christian. You're a cultural Christian. But you've really never come to faith in Jesus Christ. You're not a follower of him. He has a lot of fans, but a fan don't go to heaven. A follower of Jesus goes to heaven. So we have in, uh, in our society a false belief of cultural Christianity. Cultural Christianity. P 
People dying without Christ because they went through Christian things, perhaps, but never really gave their heart, their life, their total being to Jesus. He's never been the Lord of their life. They do what they want to do, say what they want to say, go where they want to go, act like they want to act, but they can sing God Bless America and make hair stand up on your arms. Cultural Christians. thought it was quite interesting, and I'll close with this. The North American Mission Board declared Cincinnati to be a sinned, S-E-N-D, city, to, to send missionaries to Cincinnati. And when Cincinnati would have a, a ball game there and the Reds played, they would cheer 35,000 in the stands. And they would sing God Bless America. But the strange thing about it, only 13.7% of the population in the city of Cincinnati declared that they were evangelical Christians. So we're sending missionaries in there because there are cultural Christians in there that need to know Jesus. That's why Matthew 7, 21 says, Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of the Father which is in heaven. Don't give up. Stay focused. Realize how important your life is. Understand that being a Christian is going to come with tests and trials. Keep focused. Focus on the eternal and not so much on the temporal. And I'll leave you with this. The whole essence of the sermon. One paragraph. Continue on your course of action in the face of difficulty. Even when there seems to be no prospect of success. Never give up. Never give up. God's will will always be accomplished in your life when you focus on the eternal and not the temporal. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity to share your word for each person that's here, each person who's viewed otherwise. And so, Father, I pray this morning you've spoken to hearts. Your Holy Spirit has spoken to hearts and minds. And, Father, I pray to today that for those who have never trusted you, sincerely trusted you as Lord and Savior of their life, today they would come and truly believe, repent and turn to Jesus and accept him to be their Savior, their Lord and Savior. Trust him and only him. Father, you tell us that it's only through you that a person can go to heaven. You tell us that you're the way. You're the road. You're the hadas. You're the way. You're the road to God. And no one comes to God but through you. And so I pray, Lord, today for, for people who are struggling with decisions that they allow the Holy Spirit to take control of their life. Make those decisions they need to make during this invitation time. First, to trust you. Perhaps a recommitment, rededication of life, transfer of membership, get plugged in and start serving you. And I pray, Lord, that we'll keep going on as a church. We will if your people will. They make up the church, the body. And so help us, we pray, to stay focused on the, the eternal, not so much the temporal. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.